Welcome to Alabama AgCast, a weekly conversation about news and issues affecting Alabama farmers and forest landowners. Alabama AgCast is produced by the Alabama Farmers Federation. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Alabama AgCast. This is William Green. And I'm Hunter McBrayer. And today we're going to do something a little bit different. And instead of covering a specific topic or issue, Hunter and I are going to cover uh, some of our associated, uh, or I should say affiliated associations that are incorporated into the Alabama Farmers Federation. Yeah, so we're, uh, I guess, over about 30 episodes of AgCast. And we've both done some episodes that we talked about Alabama Treasure Forest, Alabama Fruit and Vegetable Growers Association. But to someone that's kind of outside of the building, they don't may not really understand why we're both of them. So, uh William, do you want to kick off and tell us a little bit about the Alabama Treasure Forest Association? Yeah, definitely. So the Alabama Treasure Forest Association is a uh, membership organization that is comprised of stewardship-minded men and women who are really dedicated to better managing forest lands of Alabama. Um, we kind of have a three-pronged approach uh, to promote uh, certification program uh, to educate the general public as well as our elected officials and improve uh, the force of our state and nation. Um, we have a lot of programs throughout the year that really all – incorporate or focus on natural resource education. Uh, we can hit on those here in a little bit, but um, as a whole, I guess the, the main thing to get across for ATFA um, is, is a little bit older organization that is coming to the fold fairly recently um, that, that is focused on natural resource education. You mentioned uh, the association coming in, and so you may, if as I drive around rural parts of Alabama, I see the ATFA sign on private landowners' land all the time. It doesn't matter if I'm in if far northeast, far southwest. I see that logo. How is that? Is that a certification or is that just part of being a member of ATFA? Yeah. So uh, a lot of times people get confused on the difference between the certification and the association. Um, the certification uh, was started in the 1970s, which is c- kind of a cool connection here to the Federation. Um, the producer for the Alabama Cast, Mike Moody, his father was actually the, the I guess, the inspiration and the, the founder and creator of the Treasure Forest Program. Uh, Treasure is actually an acronym for Timber Recreation Environmental Aesthetics Sustainable, usable resource. That's um, yeah, that I, that all off the top of the head. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it, it's all um, kind of the, the main goal of certification is to have a um, property and have a written manage, written land management plan that incorporates several uses for your property, whether that's hunting, um, you want to make it beautiful, you want uh, timber management or um, really anything that, that you can kind of incorporate into natural resources. So um, that that's the main part of the certification. All the signs you cite, all the signs you see on the side of the road um, when you're traveling through Alabama that are the uh, pretty iconic red and blue acorn on a white background are for certified landowners. Um, the education component really comes in more on the association side. Well, and that was one of the things that I wanted to kind of open up. So I'm, I'm familiar, of course, with Classroom in a Forest, or in the Forest, which I guess um, ATFA is a huge supporter of as well as the Farmers Federation. So how does the education component really step in and how do you do outreach uh, for ATFA throughout the state? Yeah, so we, we have three major um, components for the education piece, um, kind of covering two for adult landowners and then one for school kids. Uh, so to hit, I guess, the, the probably the most well-known one right off the bat, Classroom in the Forest is a program that's been going on for, um, I, I guess, close to 25 years at this point. Um, and this is a really, really cool program that, that a lot of folks across state are passionate about. Um, this takes uh, fifth grade students uh, out to privately owned forest 
course and teaches them everything from water quality to bird identification to tree identification to um, some counties even do firearm safety, uh, which which can be an event when you have 100 plus fifth graders uh, running <laughs> around your farm. Um, they do it safely. I'm, I'm my dad. Sure but uh, yeah, so that's that's kind of the, the most well-known thing. Um, most counties do one. I think last year, well, I shouldn't say last year because that was COVID year, but uh, two years ago, I think um, probably 40 counties had a classroom in the forest event, which is which is really great to see across the state with over 3,000 kids going through it. So it's a it's a, a really good program. Um, the other two are, are geared more towards our adult landowners. Um, the first would be our regional meetings, which really cover um, everything from pesticide management to deer management to turkey management. Um, to really just a general information uh, on um, CRP or whatever it is that, that county is interested in. Um, the, the biggest list we do every year is the Alabama Landowners Conference, um, which is still, um, I guess, in its infancy. It's kind of a new program. Uh, in the past, ATFA had had its own annual meeting that we hosted every year across the state. Um, now we partner with Alabama Natural Resource Council as well as um, the Alabama Tree Farm System to host a um, kind of of a one-stop shop for Alabama landowners. You mentioned whenever uh, you, you first started really talking about ATFA and, and for AFEGA for that matter, that there are older associations that became affiliated with the Farmers Federation. And so in, I always say that I kind of wear, I guess, a couple hats, maybe more than that, depending on the day right. that, that of the week. But um, so we both serve as the executive directors of those affiliated associations, as well as commodity division directors here for the Farmers Federation. We don't have separate offices. We don't have separate buildings, um, even though they're two separate organizations and an association. What's kind of the benefit of having ATFA and how do, how do you kind of draw the line, I guess, or do you draw the line between being the advocate for wildlife and forestry with the with the Farmers Federation and then kind of pulling out that education hat and and the things that y'all do through outreach for ATFA. Yeah, it's um it, it can be kind of an interesting um line to walk at some points. Um, there are certain things. The Treasure Forest Association is a 501c3, which kind of puts some different restrictions on um, how we spend our money and what we can accomplish. But um, I, I always like to think of it as, as two arms of the same body working for the same goal. Um, when I'm wearing my alpha hat, it's more policy-driven, um, more, um, I guess, legislative action that we're working on to solve some type of problem. When I'm working ATFA things, it's more of an education base to make sure that our landowners are, are adequately a equipped to handle whatever situation comes their way when they're trying to uh, manage their property. Um, I, I know we'll, we'll talk a little bit about um, the Fruit and Vegetable Association here in a minute, but um, a little bit different in, in that uh, ATFA really is not involved in any of the policy um, making decisions for the Alabama Farmers Federation. I got you. So maybe uh, this would be a good spot for a break and we come back, we'll talk a little bit about AFEGA. It's never a dull day on the farm, especially when your day starts before the sun comes up. We're Alabama Ag Credit, and while some don't get it, we do. As the local experts in rural real estate financing, we've helped farmers finance everything from homes and land to tractors and crops. Because sometimes your natural resources need financial resources. All right, everybody, welcome back. Uh, we're going to kind of shift gears a little bit now and, and talk to Hunter about um, the Fruit and Vegetable Growers Association. Um, and I guess probably the best way uh, to get 
going with that is tell us a little bit about the history. When when did this become part of the uh, Federation and how did it get it started? So I guess uh, the Fruit and Vegetable Growers is actually almost about a 40-year-old association. It was started in the early 1980s. Um, a, a group of, of growers from across the state along with some Auburn researchers started an association. Almost every state that at least has commercial vegetable production has some sort of growers association. And uh, they they kind of were on their own, had their conference, did educational outreach, very much closely associated with Extension and the Extension agents across the state for years. Um, about in the early 2010s, I guess, it, they kind of started having a few issues, uh, some things coming up that were, were causing some issues on the books that were beginning to see drop off in, in numbers of registration. And they kind of realized that, hey, we need to kind of put our voices together with the Farmers Federation. So uh, I guess 2015 may have been the first year that the Farmers Federation really became really, really involved in the fruit and gro vegetable growers. But what was kind of funny is we had a horticulture committee um, and then the Alabama Fruit and Vegetable Growers had a board. And what ended up being is that it was the same people. You, Commonly, as we see all the time, you have like leaders within a commodity, and it doesn't matter if it's beef cattle or poultry and egg or whatever it may be, they end up being leaders in almost every association that they're involved in, whether it's Farmers Federation or whatever else. So in 2018, uh, we had a policy resolution that ended up becoming and being passed at annual meeting that essentially did away with horticulture committee. And so the importance of that is that now our president, we still have a board um, and everything that's there with uh, the Fruit and Vegetable Growers Association, but that president now serves on policy development. And so what's a little bit different, I guess, about ATFA is our board and that president has a direct voice in making sure that the right. issues that are on our policy books that revolve around fruit, vegetable, and all the other um, um, associated policies and, and issues that are in there that's being driven from that association. The other thing that we kind of changed a couple years ago is we did away with our membership. Used to, you had a membership with the Farmers Federation and you had, then you were a member of the Fruit and Vegetable Growers Association. With other programs that were coming up, our board saw fit to say, hey, if you're a fruit and vegetable grower in the state of Alabama and you're a member of Alpha, you can be a voting, uh, a, you know, an active member of AFEGA. Our conference is open to everyone. Hopefully they'll come and be members of Alpha, but they saw the importance of being associated with us and having that, that voice through the Farmers Federation. Yeah, it, there's a lot of, it, interestingly, there's a lot of similarities between AFEGA and ATFA, but, you know, probably the, the main differences um, would be the membership. ATFA, you still pay a, a separate membership that kind of goes some of our educational components and then the policy um I guess, uh, decision-making on the Fruit and Vegetable Board is probably the, the main two differences. Uh, you mentioned your conference uh, a little bit. Uh, talk to us a little bit more and tell us more about some of the programs that the Fruit and Vegetable Growers Association has throughout the year. So we try to um, we, we try to leave a lot of the educational side of things to extension. That's their job. That um, is, they, we have a really good commercial horticulture team uh, based out of Auburn that, that really cover growers across the state. What I want to do is try to educate our growers on all the issues, not just on the, the techniques, not just the production uh, side of fruits and vegetables, but also, hey, what do we do about labor? What do we do about marketing? And how do we better reach our consumers? And so we, we really try to focus on some of that. But at our Fruit and Vegetable Growers Conference in November, we'll have about 25, somewhere it floats between 20 and 30, but normally it's about 25 educational sessions. It's everything from um, um, production techniques, 
for peaches or apples or strawberries or blackberries all the way to folks from the state that are talking about newest regulations that are coming up that are really going to impact or hopefully improve the way that our growers do business and so it becomes it, it that's as you said that's our biggest lift and it really is but we also support educational programming uh, throughout the state uh, throughout the year and so we try to get more and more people involved with extension at those programs um, and we try to do as much of a of a push publicity wise for those because the more growers we have in the state the more members hopefully that I'll have um, that will want to be coming to our conference and and hopefully be able to support what we do. Uh, another really big win for um, the Fruit and Vegetable Growers Association that, that I know that you've worked uh, pretty hard on and is uh, a group that's near and dear to your heart will be Sweet Grown Alabama. Tell us a little bit more about uh, the state branding program and, and y'all's involvement with that. Yeah, so, um, you know, Sweet Grown was, and we've talked about it on the program, I know in the past, that was an idea that actually was kind of born out of an alpha leaders class, agricultural leaders for Alabama. I had the pleasure of being in that before I worked for the Farmers Federation. I was a part of that class. And then we were able to, uh, once I came on board, the commissioner had just been elected. It was a, a lot of things came together at the right place in the right time. And what we kind of realized is, hey, we have this group, this association of producers that do a really good job at what they do. How can we help them sell more? How can we help them grow? Um, and and I think that it's no secret if you look to our east, uh, Georgia Grown is a huge program, has been established for many, many years. Mississippi has one, Florida, Tennessee, Kentucky. If you look across the state, and so that's really what it is, is consumer awareness. Um, I, I think Ellie says it best when she says that she's working every day to connect um, farms to families. And, and really that's one of our goals. We want all of our members to be a member of Sweet Grown because uh, the work that we do here at the Farmers Federation and through the Fruit and Vegetable Growers Association, uh, we, we do a lot to push Sweet Grown out across the state. Um, a lot of behind-the-scenes work that a lot of people will never know about, but we're very proud to be a part of that and as a proud founding member here at the Farmers Federation, too. I hope this conversation has kind of cleared up some some confusion on some of these associations. I know that uh, a lot of times that that we'll show up wearing a different shirt for whatever event, and you get questions on it. And I, a lot of times I'll tell folks that it's it's not a a competing association uh, or or something that I'm working to make ATFA stronger, and I am every day, but not at the expense of the federation. This is something that these these two groups really work hand in glove with our producers, whether it's timber um, or straw berries from across the state really work hand in glove to make sure that um, our, our members and producers are um, well equipped to handle whatever situation comes their way from an education standpoint, from a um, uh, advocating standpoint, uh, or whatever that may be. Um, so it's, it's, it's been good to get in here and, and talk a little bit about our, our two different groups. Well, I think that, you know, people have asked, what's, what's the benefit of being a part of the Farmers Federation or part of a, ATFA or AFVGA? you're a part of the largest general farm organization in the state. We have, uh, by all working together, and w there's other stakeholder groups, and we work very closely with them as well, um, but when you have a voice that's 337,000, I guess that number kind of floats, strong across the state that's pushing for improving the lives of our farmers, our producers of rural Alabama, why wouldn't you want to be a part of it, I guess, Absolutely is right. the best yeah. way to say it. There's a lot of other perks, I guess, of being affiliated with the with the Farmers Federation, but um, that's probably the one that stands out to me the most is 
now instead of it being a collective group of 1,400 fruit and vegetable growers or how many uh, private landowners there are, now you're part of a bigger group and we can really get some things done. Yeah, a single unified voice is, is always helpful. Um, all right, Hunter, last question. Uh, I know you've got a conference coming up in November. You want to plug that a little bit? Well, sure, and then I'll uh, I'll let you plug here. So uh, we're going to be down. We're actually moving. Our, our conference historically has been kind of all over the place. Last several years, we were in Clanton. Uh, our board in 2019, I guess, actually wanted to move it down to Gulf Shores for 2020. Well, obviously, things happen, and uh, we were able to push that off a year. So we'll be down in November 18th and 19th at uh, the Gulf State Lodge. It's a fantastic place to have a conference. It is November, but there's so much for you to do as a family. Uh, hopefully, people will bring their their, their kids and or their loved ones down in Enjoy two days of uh, pretty heavy uh, topic matter uh, through AFVGA there, and then hopefully spend the weekend down at the Gulf and enjoy a little bit of that that Gulf seafood or whatever else. We'll be pushing out uh, registration will open up in mid August, and we'll be pushing out all that information through our website AFVGA.org, the Farmers Federation, and our Facebook pages. Well, great. Uh, and, and likewise for um, ATFA and some of our other partners, we have the Alabama Landowners Conference coming up October 21st and 22nd in Columbiana at the 4-H Center. Uh, we're excited to get to partner with them and, and host it there. Uh, we'll be releasing our uh, official agenda here pretty soon. Uh, registration will open up around the same time as um, fruit and vegetable growers and probably mid-August. Um, looking forward to having a lot of folks out there. Um, I know I've talked to y'all, uh, several folks around the state who, um, you know, hated to miss last year did COVID. Uh, we're excited to be back in person. Um, we'll, we'll be covering everything from carbon credits to tree ID competitions to uh, good time to fellowship with some of your neighboring landowners. Um, so looking forward to seeing everybody there. Um, like I said, you can find more information on that at our website, treasureforest.org. Um, and with that, uh, I guess we will see you all next time for uh, William Green and Herman Greer here at the Alabama Farmers Federation. We will see you on the next AgCast. And now, your weekly AgCast wrap-up. Well, hello, and thank you for tuning in to today's wrap-up on the Alabama AgCast. I'm Russ Durrance, here to tell you a little bit about the Alabama Pork Producers, a part of our pork division here at the Alabama Farmers Federation. The Alabama Pork Producers help oversee the National Pork Checkoff here in Alabama. All pork producers are required to pay into the National Checkoff regardless of their production status. With these checkoff dollars, the Alabama Pork Producers try to invest heavily within our state in our youth agricultural programs. With that being said, new in 2022, the Alabama pork producers are proud to announce the first annual Junior Swine Expo. The Junior Swine Expo will be held in conjunction with the Southeastern Livestock Expo and the Junior Beef Expo in March of 2022. This annual event will be a great opportunity for our youth exhibitors to showcase some of their projects and learn a little bit more about animal agriculture. We're excited to be able to put on this show and excited to be able to put on a new opportunity for all of our youth exhibitors. Be on the lookout in the upcoming weeks for more information about this show and others on all of our social media accounts. Alabama AgCast is sponsored by our friends at Alabama Ag Credit. Give them a call for all your farm and land financing needs. For more information about today's conversation, check out the show notes or visit alphafarmers.org slash agcast. Be sure to follow Alabama Farmers Federation on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Tune in next week for another timely conversation from Alabama Agcast.